show is presented in part by Bridgestone. We're passionate about making tires you can count on to perform when it matters most. This is Popular Technology Radio, your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends. Now, here's your host. It is Popular Technology Radio. I am Mike Etchart. It is still CES. We are still in Las Vegas. We are still in the Las Vegas Convention Center. We are talking to super, super cool people. And uh, my goodness, one of the companies that, is, in fact, just happens to be just beyond us, just where, where they're set up, is a company called Omron. And I'm going to let Mike Chen, who's the Director of Corporate Engineering, talk about why there is, you are literally one of the hottest companies at this show. Tell us about Omron, what you do, and what has captured the imagination of everybody who's in this building just about. Well, thanks. Thanks for that intro. Omron is here for the second year in a row. Last year was our first year. Oh, and, was last uh, year your first Last year? year was our first year. And, you know, we brought our infamous uh, Forpheus table tennis tutor robot yes. to debut it last year. And it became an overnight celebrity. So we had to bring him back for the second <laughs> round. And listening to the audience was really about, okay, you have this table tennis tutor. What about the AI implications? What about the robotics implications? What does this mean in the real world? That's what they were telling us last year. So mm -hmm. this year, we brought uh, a couple things. We upgraded Forpheus. It's a fifth-generation Forpheus uh, table tennis tutor. It has a new range of motion, so they can do front spin, uh, top spin, back spin, and uh, respond in a personalized way for personalized coaching with an advanced AI algorithm. It's definitely been giving even players from last year a little bit of a new experience. Uh -huh. And then, that's just the demo, right? So they asked us, uh, what does this means to the real world. So we brought our Factory Harmony experience to the booth this year, which guides people that have never ever seen the real world applications of robots. They can see it right here at our booth here at uh, South Hall. It's starting really with you last year. I mean, it, it really bumped up the visibility of robots or robotics to the show. I mean, that's always been an element to it, but you know, it's super hot now. And so something like Forpheus, in terms of development, was that just sort of a demonstration to demonstrate technology in general? Was that meant to be a product or both? Well, we are a global technology company with a lot of different technologies in different sectors. Uh -huh. uh, this Forpheus demonstration to us is just the ideal version of AI, robotics, sensing, controls, right. all put into a demo, a fun demo that is represents the harmony, the harmony possible when AI is used responsibly and implemented as a way to increase human skill. That is really the vision of Omron, to have different technologies improve human lives and build a better tomorrow. So are you more of a B2B play or do you work with other companies, your technology is used in their products? We, we do both B2B and B2C in okay. certain segments. Uh, our healthcare department is over at the Sands Expo. Okay. Uh, we actually That's, have a whole, yeah. other, a whole other booth over there. And uh, they actually do a lot of B2C for healthcare products, uh, blood pressure monitors, really going into the world of, through detection, preventing early onset of stroke and heart attack. Wow. Right? So then the whole thing about Forpheus is that it is a technology representative of what is possible in the industrial automation field, in the automotive field, right. in healthcare field, when you can apply this type of technology to real-world social issues. So robotics have been around for a very long time in, in, let's say, manufacturing, and yet it's kind of below the radar for the average citizen. You know, it's not something they think about or not something they observe, but it's been there for a long time. 
But now when you see it in consumer electronics or things like that, it suddenly raises it to the level of, of everybody's kind of knowing about it. But what a typical company here, it's the gamut. They need you for a variety of different things, don't they? The first thing is that we are absolutely here to demystify, demystify, demystify the world yeah. of industrial robotics, that it's not scary, AI is not all out to get us. It is all about, there are companies like Omron out there and hopefully all these other great companies around us here that can believe in the message of using technology like this responsibly sure. to make sure that we as humans still are progressing, right? We have the ability to use this technology for the betterment of society and solve real problems. Well, it takes the fun out of science fiction sometimes, but you're right. It has so many practical applications. And just in the manufacturing side, it is amazing what robotics has brought to the, to the efficiencies of manufacturing. and Efficiencies, product quality, product quality. safety of workers. Sure. A huge portion of that is making sure that the workers themselves, because it is the human working with the technology, that the human is kept safe as well, right? And by going through um, traceability type of applications where we're showing how a, a visitor to our booth can essentially, quote unquote, I'm quoting in the air here, manufacture a product on our floor that has gone through all the necessary steps to make it a high quality product. And that's what we as consumers, taking Demand. my hat off, right? Yes. So that we as a consumer, we expect that. We expect our products that we buy as consumers to be high quality. And these type of technologies around AI, robotics, and sensing, this is what makes that happen. Awesome. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. We got more with Mike Chin when we come back from Omron talking about robotics the importance in this world. So stick with us because we are coming right back. Have you ever tried to plan a vacation and the hotel costs, airfare, and pet sitter all add up to one big never mind? Well, it's time to embrace the adventure and go RVing instead. GoRVing.com is your one-stop shop for all things RV camping. Browse the different types of RVs, find a rental agent or dealer near you, and compare the costs. Explore more than 16,000 RV parks and campgrounds nationwide, and even plan your menus for the trip. Find out what you've been missing at GoRVing.com. That's GoRVing.com. We are coming back. It is Popular Technology Radio. We are talking robotics. Robotics. The, the, the heart of so much science fiction these days. We've got Mike Chen. He's the Director of Corporate Engineering for Omron. And that's a big job, by the way, Director of Corporate Engineering, I assume. That's, are you an engineer yourself? I am. You're an electrical engineer or mechanic? Correct. Electrical. A, a double E. I was a double E major for a while before I said... This is way too hard. <laughs> so from an engineering standpoint, what are the elements? When we talk about robotics, it's kind of a, a overarching thing. What are the different components of robotics? You know, you mentioned optics. You mentioned a lot of, a lot of AI stuff. What kind of, in your definition of robotics, goes into robotics? Okay, so robotics is making sure that you can use technologies like motion control, uh, servo motion, mm -hmm. uh, drives, and control algorithms to manipulate a object or a vehicle or uh, any type of mechanical device in um, in 3D space, right? So there are 
robotics that we produce as products, mm -hmm. but there are also many, many customers out there that are looking for just the controls elements that we provide to make a fully customized robotic solution. And that could be using um, electronic components, it could be using pneumatic components, it could be using a whole lot of different components to automate a physical motion, mm -hmm. physical motion from place to place. Okay, interesting. And, and and based on a lot of that stuff, I mean, you're, an, a, you're a double E yourself, an electrical engineer, but it sounds like some of that is kind of mechanical engineering and lots of different disciplines kind of get thrown into the mix to make it all work. Correct. Robotics is, uh, is definitely what people are focused on, and we are absolutely focused on it here at CES. Now, overall, though, there are many other technologies around robotics that make the entire application viable to the real world. When we talk about vision, when we talk about AI, when we talk about even power supplies, timers, counters, and relays, things that nobody talks about unless you're in the industry, sure. all of these things work together with the robotics to get the end goal of a higher quality product for consumers and higher safety uh, for the people working with these systems. Right, well of course and safety is a huge, huge thing when you're talking about manufacturing, we're talking about lots of things. It, it is of paramount importance and that is one of the main benefits, of course, of this sort of robotics technology. But made you guys decide to come to CES last year? That was your first year you mentioned in the last segment. I mean, CES is an enormous show. Yes, it is. It really is. gave us a chance to champion the idea of how to use this technology responsibly for the harmony of human and machine. The harmony of human and machine is not a message that I think many people hear all the time, but yeah. we really want to be the champions of that, and we are here to find new customers, new partners, and, of course, new talent, because all this technology creates even more jobs as well. We are we're hiring here in the United States, we're hiring in Canada, we're hiring in Mexico, we're hiring across the Americas, as well as around the world. We are growing our business and want uh, people here to be part of that. And is there a part of the world where, where robotic technology is more advanced, where it's more intense, or is this really a worldwide effort that is going on in robotics? So I'm, I guess I'm responsible for the Americas. I can only speak sure. for the Americas. Sure. you can portion. say the Americas is where the top. <laughs> for, the, for the Americas, uh, you know, in our sector, we we have definitely seen a growth in the interest in the real-world applications of robotics mm -hmm. and uh, the research capabilities of, of people in in the Americas to think outside the box and say what else is possible. We are here uh, with Forpheus to inspire that, to make sure that we're inspiring people around us uh, to use technology in the way that will benefit society. Well, it's funny, you know, you mentioned sort of recruitment. You know, we, we, those of us that attend this show, you know, you tend to be dazzled by the products, but you forget that there's a lot of people walking around who are who are very, very talented individuals that might be looking for a new job. Absolutely. Or looking for a, for a switch or whatever. You know, they want to work for the hottest, grooviest technology. And they're walking around and that's it. You, you guys have your net out, I assume. That's right. Yeah. And, and are there universities where this stuff is? Is it being incorporated into the curriculum these days at universities for engineering students? We are constantly working with education partners uh -huh. at the vocational level, at the high school level, at the uh, college and university level to, uh, to do just that. We are constantly looking for partners like that and uh, to see where our mutual interests may be. That's awesome. That is really exciting. So folks want to find out more about Omron. What is the website? Where should they go looking for you? So you can go to www.omron.com and you can uh, find us. Uh, apparently, I've, we've been all over social media as <laughs> hashtag OmronCES19. So at uh, Omron Automation. There's a, there should, we should be quite Googleable now. You are Googleable. Well, you guys are, are certainly the hit of the show, and thanks for making the time, Mike. Mike Chen, Thank he is guys. the Director of Corporate Engineering for Omron. 
pretty amazing stuff. Do check them out online, and it's always a pleasure to have you. Let's do it again for your third year. I'm sure you're going to be the hit of the show just like the last two. Thanks a lot. All right. Hang with us, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more from CES 2019. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio. On the track, even one hundredth of a second decides who wins and who loses. That's why Bridgestone uses advanced racing technology to create their fastest street-legal replacement tire yet. The new Bridgestone Potenza RE71R. Engineered with an innovative hydro-evacuation surface and unique tread compounds, the new Potenza RE71R is designed to give you maximum grip and ultimate cornering on or off the track. Bridgestone is changing the game in tire performance. Hey, and welcome back, everyone. It is Popular Technology Radio, part of our continuing coverage of Consumer Electronics Show 2019. My next guest, his name is Ken Osterman. But what's interesting is he is the Director of Digital Growth for Harley-Davidson Motor Company. Ken, welcome to the show. Why, thank you, Mike. (laughs) Excited to be here. (laughs) So good to have you. I was over in the Panasonic booth, and I'm not really a motorcycle guy, but I saw a bike that took my breath away. And it's an all-electric motorcycle. You were in the Panasonic booth. It's got a Panasonic control unit, so to speak. And that's what we're going to talk about. Tell us about that thing. What is, what is Harley-Davidson doing at CES? And why, why do we need to know about that? Because it is cool. Well, we're here at the center of the, the tech universe, uh, here with Panasonic, uh-huh. uh, to showcase our brand new all-electric, first electric Harley-Davidson the new 2020 Livewire motorcycle. Oh, it's awesome. And so we're very excited about it. And you should so be. this is really a halo vehicle for us in what will be a new range mm-hmm. of all electric vehicles, electric vehicles from Harley Davidson. Wow. And so the, the Livewire represents really the future of where we see uh, motorcycling going. Now, I'll give you this I'm a guitar player. If you're a guitar guy, you know that sometimes you just want the old guitars. A lot of Harley-Davidson owners and riders like the heritage aspect of that bike. So is this going to be a new Harley-Davidson rider, or is this going to be an already Harley-Davidson rider, or is it going to be both? We believe it's going to be both. That's what I would guess. And so we know, in fact, right here at the show, we've talked to folks that have never ridden before, mm-hmm. urban, you know, live in the city, and are looking at the live wire going, wow, that is the perfect bike for me. And you know, for a new rider, electric motorcycles bring with them a number of characteristics that are ideal for folks that haven't been riding before. So as an example, there's no clutch oh, yeah. and there's no shifting. And right. so it's twist and go, and it takes away some of the things that are a little bit cumbersome if you've never ridden a motorcycle before. And at the same time, for a more experienced rider, the no clutch and no shifting allows you to really focus on that ride. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, as I've ridden uh, an early prototype of the vehicle, it allows you to really focus on that. So instead of thinking about what gear you want to be in as you're entering a curve or leaving a curve, it's just all Gun about and going. And in fact, the live wire, uh, we announced that uh, it has zero to 60 in 3.5 seconds. <laughs> okay, they're rocket ships, aren't they? A, a top speed of 110 miles per hour. Wow. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's nimble, uh, easy to ride, fun to ride, and uh, we, we think it's going to be fantastic. So, to what you were saying, we think both 
new customers, yeah. uh, that next generation of Harley-Davidson riders, urban customers, uh, as well as existing owners, uh, will we'll love it. And we've had I've had a number of conversations with existing Harley-Davidson owners that have come up to the booth uh, and have tried it out. We have one set up on what we call a jump start, yep, so it's yep, on rollers yep, there. So you can you can get you can kind of yeah. feel what that's all about. And uh, have have said, wow, this is the next bike going this in my is garage. What I want. And, and now, for, for some of them, it's going to be a second bike. That's right. And yes. and for others, this is going to be what they're going to trade in for next. Uh, and so, you know, for us, we think this really represents the future. While we have no plans to stop making our internal combustion well, engine bikes, yeah. and you know, I'm, I I love my Street Glide, and and uh, sure. will continue to to have one of those, but. I can't wait to have a live wire in my garage. And so when will they be available for consumers? So we, we announced just a couple days ago that uh, uh, pre-orders mm-hmm. are available uh, for the U.S. market on HarleyDavidson.com. Okay. Uh, and they will start shipping this fall. So August oh, wow. specifically okay. uh, at dealers across the U.S. And then international markets will follow. Sure. Oh, man. that's And what's the range on, a, on an electric bike? So electric bike, this one has 110-mile range. Okay. Uh, and for charging, which is the next obvious yeah, question, of course. Um, you know, really nice and convenient. So it will come with an onboard charger, so you can plug into your household outlet okay. uh, and charge overnight. Uh, or if you're out and about, all of our dealers that sell Livewire uh, will have DC Level 3 fast chargers available for customers. Oh, nice. And so on a DC Level 3 fast charger, it's 0 to 80% of battery capacity in about 40 minutes. Oh, so, okay. So you're, it, it's not the, the, the really long charge time, of course, that an electric vehicle would be. So you've got a pretty fast turnaround. You, you do with the Level 3 charge of a yeah. fast turnaround. And in addition to our dealer locations, uh, LiveWire can be charged at other, you know, public charging networks yeah. like ChargePoint or something. Oh, like wonderful! That. And just for, for our last couple of minutes, what's the, how did the relationship with Panasonic start? So you know, as as we looked at the kind of premium features uh, that we wanted to offer and that we know our customers are looking for on a vehicle like LiveWire, in addition to you know premium brakes and premium suspension sure, and yeah. fit and finish and you know a, a touchscreen TFT display, uh, we knew that connectivity was one of the things that they were really looking for. And so we created, along with Panasonic, what we call the new HD Connect service. Mm. And so the HD Connect service uh, for a Livewire owner uh, enables them to get really a, access to a pocket-sized dashboard with access to all the bike's vital information, such as range, charge status, but also security information, like mm. tamper alerts. Okay. And in the unfortunate situation, if someone were to actually try to steal the bike, uh, it has stolen vehicle tracking uh, with assistance of, of law enforcement and the call center. Wow. And so we worked with Panasonic to add that connectivity functionality uh, to Livewire. Fantastic. Well, folks want to find out more information about the Livewire. What's the website? So go to harley-davidson.com uh-huh. forward slash Livewire. Oh, all right. Well, it is a gorgeous bike. So Ken Osterman, Director of Digital Growth for Harley Davidson, thank you so much for coming on the show. Mike, thank you very much for the time today. And uh, I know you said you're not a rider, but hopefully that's not yet. I, well, not yet. Exactly. Well, I tell you, if, if, just looking at that thing, it is stunningly gorgeous. I mean, it is a beautiful machine. Beautiful yeah. machine. The so, design is fantastic, and it's even more fun to ride. All right. Hang with us, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more from CES 2019. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio. My dad is a proud doer, always building, repairing, or maintaining something. He relies on Craftsman tools, and I do the same. Today, Craftsman mechanics tools, metal storage, and lighting are available from your favorite retailers. 
But that's only the beginning. A full line of retooled and refined products are on the way. Find your favorite store at Craftsman.com and stay tuned for more big news from this trusted American brand. And we are back. It is Popular Technology Radio. Mike Etchart, Las Vegas. It is CES. We are hanging out at the Consumer Electronics Show. Talk to an old friend. Not in not age old. In fact, a very young man. He is Gary Boss. He's the marketing director from Audio Technica. Gary, you've been on a number of our shows over the years, and yet you are so youthful. Very young man. Yeah, I was I was going to pshaw your last comment, but I'll leave it at that. It <laughs> leave it at good. that. Thank, thank God this is a podcast and not a video. That's, they don't know. That's right. I love it. He's 28 years old, folks. Very good. There you go. So good to have you back on the show. Now, Audio-Technica, I'm a huge fan of the company, A. Awesome. What I find so interesting about Audio-Technica, if you came to CES in 1978, let's yes. say, you would have seen turntables. You would have seen primarily phono cartridges uh-huh. and what some people refer to as needles, and we refer to as stylus or styli in the plural. There you go. That's right. Yes. But they would have been here. They would have. And yet here we are in 2019, and now granted they are pretty groovy technology-wise. But groovy, I get it. It was a pun. Anyway, exactly. But it, that's right. <laughs> I didn't even realize it, yet it was. But you have an entire new line, a revamped line. Now, you guys were early on in the resurgence of turntables. That's correct. That's correct. You guys were, in fact, you were front of the pack, quite frankly. I, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't you? But now, so we'll talk about the new line of turntables. What is new this year? And what are turntables like? The turntables we had in 1978, what's the same? What's different? Um, Well, they're damn near the same, frankly. Um, But we have kind of taken it into the modern era. So the the listener of today is very different than the listener of of yesteryear. yesteryear. I mean, that was your, that and radio were your primary audio sources. Uh, a cassette, a cassette tape or came eight track yeah. or reel to reel or whatever here and there, um, so so really that that was the go to market right. Now um, you kind of have your core listeners who never gave up vinyl. You have people who are intrigued by vinyl. Mm-hmm. They they see that record sales are up and they want to get in on it. And then you have this new user who is collecting vinyl, but they don't have a turntable. So it's, it's very interesting to me that, <laughs> so, that they get this vinyl because it's kind of a keepsake and these people like to have tactile yes, representations of, of the things they like, even though they listen digitally. But now they're starting to think, you know what, maybe I should spin this stuff. So <laughs> Start listening to it. Yeah. So when we say we have a lot of new turntables, what we have is we've revamped our entry-level price point. Mm-hmm. So we sold very well in our entry-level price point. We've taken that and we've kind of gone back to the drawing board. We have new aesthetic design on that. They're lovely, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. And we actually have in our entry-level price point, we have four different flavors of turntable based around the same platform. So in its basic, we have an analog output. That's the one that everyone knows and loves. It has the two RCA plugs that you plug into your receiver. On this model, we have a little switch and it says phono or line. Ah. So we have the built-in preamp so we can put this into what now is referred to as an auxiliary input. Okay. Okay, so that's our opening piece, the analog. 
The next one we have has the analog output as well as a USB output. Mm. Why, pray tell, would you want a USB output? Well, maybe someone wants to archive or rip their vinyl into their computer. Sure. So now you can do that with that one. May I add, and people will say, well, why would you want to do that? Because you can get everything digitally. Well, the fact is, a lot of stuff that was on vinyl didn't come out on CD. And if That's it didn't true. come out on CD, it may not have come out digitally. So there's a lot of stuff that didn't make the transition for a variety of contractual reasons. 100%. And frankly, it could have been a record you made in your youth as in your there band. There you go. Exactly. So that's number two. Okay, got that. USB. Number, number three is we have one with a Bluetooth output. Ooh. So now I can connect to my favorite Bluetooth speaker headphones. I don't need a receiver any longer. And a fourth model. Yes. Um, we have one that has a built-in headphone amplifier with a headphone output and comes bundled with a headphone. So literally, Ooh, you don't you can, need... You can buy this bundle, and you are listening to records the second you get home. That is pretty cool. So that's pretty cool. Wow. And those are all based around this entry-level uh, product we have called the AT-LP60X. Okay. So that's the new kind of base for all those. Now, my recollection is that this whole thing started back maybe six or seven years ago. Is that kind of when this all, when the resurgence started? Yeah, from? we were noticing an uptick and at that point um, a little bit before that we've always done phono cartridges that's in our dna we started as a phono cartridge company that was the first product we ever made so we never got rid of that and then we ramped up kind of making the actual turntables because it was kind of like hen's teeth you know you either bought a vintage one or there were a couple yeah. on the market so we got in early on since then you know, we have this entry-level piece. We have what we consider a step-up models, and we have two that we've introduced here, and they're very attractive belt-drive turntables with a mm. wood finish, and they go yeah, with a no, they're lovely. very Scandinavian decor, you know, uh, turntable. It's very retro it, it, look it and is. feel. They're, lovely. They're, I mean, which is great. They're very cool. And so we have two models in there, and that's for the people who kind of got their feet wet with our LP60 and want a step-up piece. Yeah. And then we have a true audiophile line where we're talking, um, you know, actually the higher end you go, kind of the less features you get. It's one of those uh, ironic things, but <laughs> uh, you want to kind of strip things out and you yeah. want the purity of the audio signal and you just want a dense turntable that spins at a consistent speed and kind of that's it. Sure. Um, and but are we, those USB also? No. They're when, not. When we get there, um, those customers are typically not looking for a USB okay. output. But do they have the, the phono preamp built in? One does, one doesn't. It really depends on the user base and the user knowledge what actually feature yeah. set they use. And then we have two DJ turntables. And that's a piece that has always been around. The DJs will consistently some faction spin vinyl. Yes. So I am myself a vinyl junkie, but for a while I was really glad to see him go. Mm -hmm. And as most people were because they were a real headache, but now there's a certain nostalgia and a certain sound quality you just can't get through other medium. Now let's talk headphones. All right. <laughs> because you guys make some awesome headphones. And a lot of them. And a lot of them. Well, <laughs> you and others. You yes. know, it, it, it is mind-numbing how many headphone companies there are now. But I will tell you, as you know, I mean, this is not fad for Audio-Technica. <laughs> it, it is not. We're, in fact, uh, Audio-Technica at the core was a, a Japanese-founded mm -hmm. company. And we still 
are one of the largest headphone resellers in Japan. So we're one or two, if you want to get into the metrics of units or dollar sales or whatever. And a lot of recording studios that I've been in have Audio-Technica headphones. 100%. So in the U.S., we're very popular in the recording studios. And primarily, that was because of one headphone, great segue, um, called the ATH-M50X. Yes. So this was made for recording studios. And we have hundreds of recording studios, and it's trusted by professionals and the people who make the music. Well, you know, consumers got wind that they could buy this thing. It's not like confined. It's not like we're not going to sell to them. And so they started to think, hey, you know, the headphones that were used to make the music I'm listening to, maybe I can listen on those headphones. And they're like, holy cow, these things sound amazing. So we had this kind of like dual distribution. So we had large distribution through the pro channel as well as the consumer channel. Nice. But again, since they were optimized for recording studio, durability, locking cable, wired, but they were clamoring for a Bluetooth version. So now we have a Bluetooth consumer version of the ATH-M50X. Oh, interesting. And I don't recall they were that expensive, really. No, um, the M50X streets for about 149 and the Bluetooth is 199. No, 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 they're very inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you know, I remember those. I, I love those. So, listen, we got to take another break. Can no, you stick around for another segment? We are I'm talking here. to Gary Boss. He is from Audio Technica, one of my favorite companies. So, stay right there. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio. Winter Weather Advisory is an invitation to own the roads in the Dodge Charger, America's only four-door muscle car with all-wheel drive. To take the winter by storm in a Dodge Durango, the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive in its class. And to burn some rubber and melt the snow in the Dodge Challenger, the first all-wheel drive muscle coupe. Don't miss the Dodge President's Day event. Based on 2019 Ward's Midsize Sport Utility Vehicle Segment. Based on Ward's Middle Specialty Vehicle Segment. Excludes other FCA US LLC vehicles. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. listening to Popular Technology Radio. You have me, Mike Etchart, in your ears, and I actually am sitting in the South Hall here at the Las Vegas Convention Center talking to my good friend Gary Boss, he of Audio-Technica. Now let's segue into 2019 stuff. So you got yes, some sir. pretty cool-looking in-ear, separate Bluetooth yeah, the industry term for that is true wireless. Thank you. Meaning there are literally that. no wires. No right? wires, exactly. So I, I always thought it was kind of a weird nomenclature. But yeah, you have the independent right and left that go in your ear, yes, you're done. that's right. Yes. So we actually kind of took a little different end around on approaching this. And we actually have two different models. So we have one that is geared towards the sports enthusiast. Okay, so if going to the gym or right. working out. Yeah, which, and, yeah. And running and whatnot. I count myself and, in that group. And then we have one that is geared towards more of the audio file. Ah, and I so we have that group too. we have very separate boxes to tick on both of those. That's why we came out with two. So with the sport we wanted the best fit. Mm-hmm the smallest form factor yes. and it needed to be waterproof. Uh-huh. So now we have an IPX5 rating, which means you can run them under running water to clean them off after your workout, wow. which is pretty cool. Yeah, And um, they have a lower battery life because we had to put a smaller battery in because we make the daggone thing smaller, right? Yes. So 3.5 <laughs> hour battery life, which if you're working out for three and a half hours, kudos, props right. to you. <laughs> That's right. Um, but you're in the minority. <laughs> but then the storage case is also a recharge unit for them so ah. you can get I think four recharges out of the case nice. so that's kind of nice without a power source yeah um, that in fact is really cool 
Yeah, that is cool. Essentially, you charge the case. Right, which then recharges, recharges buds. the buds, and you can do that up to four times with each case charge. Right, that's correct. Okay, that's cool. Right, so, right. so that's number one. And then the second model we have is more for the audio file. Okay. And um, that one, it's a little larger. Mm-hmm. We need a little larger port. We have larger diameter drivers. Sure. Um, we have a larger battery. So which now is we're not getting... to say they're large drivers. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're 11 millimeter, right. which is pretty decent for if you look at the form factor. Totally, totally. Um, and then we're getting six hours uh, per charge, and then you can use the case to get another charge and a half. Okay, gotcha. And, and again, those are optimized for audio quality. They also feature the AppDex. This is a compression algorithm that was born in the studios. Yes, recording so, studios. Yeah, so it's, it's a high-fidelity opportunity to compress and expand audio. Yes, so the bottom line is these Bluetooth headphones are going to sound dramatically better than early generation of Bluetooth. That's correct. Yes. That's correct. And in fact, if you care about music, if you're buying anything Bluetooth, you got to have this in it. Gotcha. I think. I mean, I, th- I, I agree too. Yeah. And, and that's why we put that in our high fidelity sure. um, Bluetooth products. Yeah. No question. Yeah. We, we now have a app called the Connect app, mm. which allows you to... Um, not only have your user manual coordinate all the Bluetooth Audio Technica products you have, it also has a locate my phone, so it'll show last time they were paired, where mm-hmm. they were located on a map, if you have to lose wow. them. Yeah. Um, so that's another new thing for us. That's you know? pretty cool. Again, companies but, say they have a core competency, and ours is transducer. And, and essentially, and, a transducer yes. is anything that converts one form of energy to another. So let's look at our phono cartridge, our first product. Mm-hmm. We wiggle a little stick. We move within a magnetic field, mm-hmm. which creates a small electrical signal. So we're taking mechanical energy and turning it to an electrical energy. Yes. When you look at something like, say, a headphone, we're putting electrical energy and moving physically a round cone of mm-hmm. some random material, which produces sound. And microphones do the exact same thing. We wiggle a cone of material, which cr- produces an electrical signal. So that's Long story short, that's what we do. Yeah, that's and have been doing for a long time since '62. Yeah, so getting um, the hang of it, I might. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really where our core comes from, and then we're an audio-first company. And then the electronics, then we wrap around our core technologies. So. Yeah. Well, you guys are doing a great job of everything. Awesome. Yeah, and this, I mean, the turntables look great. The headphones always have been great. They continue to be great. And you've got you've got a new a new noise canceling uh, model as well. Don't we you? do called the ATHANC nine hundred BT, another Bluetooth piece. Okay, uh, this actually uses digital hybrid technology, and it's the highest degree of noise canceling we have ever offered in a noise canceling mm. headphone. Uh, new here at CES twenty nineteen. There you go. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, so we're really excited for that. Again, Bluetooth touch control, great noise canceling, super comfy, and again, audio first. So well, there you go. And, really and what, the what's, the, what's the price on the, on the are, are those available now? Or are they coming? We're, we're shipping shortly and $299. $299? Okay, that's... Don't for, hold me to that. All right, okay. That's but pretty I think re- I'm, I'm within plus or minus 10%. There you go. <laughs> exactly. I'll take that. <laughs> we're all dizzy from the trade shows. That's so right. Who knows? If folks want to find out more about the new products, Gary, I'm going to guess they need to go to the Audio Technica website. But it's that URL, Gary. All right, here we go. Go. Yeah. So it's www. That stands for World Wide Web. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's thank you. Audio, Let me write that down. Okay. Audio. The, the word audio hyphen. Okay. And Dash to you and me. Yep. Yeah. Technica. Yeah. Which is technical with no L. So yeah. Technica Audio hyphen Technica dot com. There you Easy go. Easy as peasy. 
Awesome. All right. Gary, it's always a pleasure to have you on the oh, show. Yeah. Thanks. And in Fun fact, to be here. we're going to do this one more time. We're, I'm going to be at the NAM show in about two weeks, and I'm going to drag you on that show. All right. I'll be there with bells on. We'll talk about the pro line of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Well, pleasure, Gary. Thanks yeah. so much. All right. We'll be right back, folks. Pop Tech Radio from CES 2019. There are many words you could use to describe the new Kia Stinger GT. Stunning, stylish, sporty. The word breathtaking, however, isn't just an adjective. It's a warning. Because while the ability to go 0 to 60 in 4.7 seconds might take your breath away, going 60 to 0 with powerful Brembo brakes will help you catch it again. The 2018 Kia Stinger GT, fueled by youth. Stinger GT rear-wheel drive using launch control with factory-equipped 19-inch wheels. Results may vary. Do not attempt. Always drive safely. Hey, welcome back, everyone. It is uh, Pop Tech Radio. It is Las Vegas is what it is. We are walking around looking at very, very cool stuff. And we bumped into a company called Tech Den last night, and James Simons is with us. He is from uh, Perth, Australia. James, it's a pleasure. G'day, Mike. How are you? Thank you very much. Very well. We both have two daughters. Wow. And we are both concerned about the phone usage of our children. You guys have a wonderful product, an app, and a hardware device. Talk about the motivation for this. This is, uh, could we call this kid training? Look, that's a great way to put it. And I think it's just creating healthy habits and healthy digital citizens you might want to say it's uh yes i want my daughters to have far better habits around technology than i've adopted uh (laughs) so i I think that's guilty as charged yes so what what was the motivation yeah i think part of that was just you know looking at the amount of time my kids are on their devices and and wanting to find a really good balance and help empower them to become really responsible themselves not Mm -hmm. me just always telling them to get off their device or what's right and wrong i want them to learn what that actually looks like and and tech is actually a consumer arm of a larger company that we have called Lock and Charge. And we build charging and storage and security solutions for devices in schools. We manage all of their devices. Mm -hmm. And teachers were like, what have you got for our kids that are coming blurry-eyed, haven't slept, been on their device all night? How are you helping parents tackle that problem? And I had that issue myself, and I think that was the catalyst to go, all right, we really got to do something about that. We had some great ideas, and we put them together and came up with something amazing. So give us an overview of how it works. I'll let you explain. All right, look, it is the first uh, product that combines an app that helps parents manage screen time with a physical hardware device, a physical home for our kids' devices. And so we can set, there's great software out there that helps you set limits for your kids' time usage. And if you like, you can use that software to even shut those kids' devices down, like just remove their apps. A lot of the time, however, although that might empower you as a parent, it creates a little more conflict. And what we're trying to do is to not be the bad guys here. We're trying to help them know what's good and what's not. And so with the app, we can set time limits that they use their device. And when that time's up, they return it to the den. And when it's in the den, it lives there, it stores there, it charges in there, but it's secured in there. The doors are locked when it's not a session that they're able to use their device. So with my girls, I have a session between 4.30 and 6. During that time, they can have half an hour screen time. So the den's door will open at 4.30, they can get the device out. As soon as they unplug it, the timer starts. And once it gets down to 10 minutes to go, they get an alert that pops up on their screen. Says you've got 10 minutes. Ellie, you've got five minutes. All right, Ella, it's time to return your device. She's then got five minutes to return it. Yeah. And she does it every time now, and I'll tell you why in a second. But if she doesn't, I can then have a, a teaching moment with my kid and just say, hey, come on, we agreed on that. Maybe we have a little break for a couple of days to remind you that we have these boundaries for a reason. But the reason that she's getting it back every time right now is we put a reward system in. 
And that reward is not just more screen time. That reward is, hey, what means a lot to you? And for her, it's going out for an ice cream with dad without her sister. And so, all right, you return it 10 times without being told to return it. Mm -hmm. Then, great, we'll go do it religiously now they will put it back they'll plug it in on time sometimes even early to make sure that they're working towards their goal and in that meantime it's creating a habit and a really healthy habit and they're learning that there's a time that I'm allowed it and there's a time that I'm not what's most profound however is that it's out of sight and it's out of mind so our kids are actually asking for their devices less a lot of the time when they get bored the easiest thing to cure that boredom is to think I just want to get on my device yes Usually it's because they can see it. And if they don't, the trigger to use it is not there if it's not visually seen. How free. And it's, so it's been really quite profound. Yes. I wonder if I can go back and retrain myself. Because right. like you said, I have bad digital habits. I admit it. Right. You know, and it's, oh, it's wonderful. Now, so is this product available in the States right now? In five weeks, five to six weeks okay. time, we begin shipping. It's available for pre-order right now on techden.com. Techden.com. And okay. this week at CES, there is a product code I cannot remember what that product code is contact us send us a note that you want the discount for, for CES and we'll give it to you you can get 50 bucks off if you do it this way. oh that's you so what is going to be the retail price once they're it's only $229 that okay. comes with the app there is no fee for the app uh, there's okay. no subscription fee a lot of parents said we do not want yet another subscription yes. I think my family's up to around 18 subscriptions right yes, so it's I know it. we're over it and so we built something that they can buy and then just use for good well it's fantastic it struck us last night when we bumped into you what a neat idea and, and again i have girls and it's like uh, you want them to be good digital citizens and right. and you feel bad because you know maybe you're not the best digital citizen as a parent and, exactly right and so this kind of frees them so where will it be available when it is available in, in five or so weeks yeah techdan.com, techdan.com. Uh, straight away by the first place then we're looking then to go straight to Amazon okay uh, and then just strategically just seeing what's the bricks and mortar that we might want to put it in sure. but otherwise I think that's a, a real go-to for most people right now well it's a pleasure James for having you on thanks so much wonderful idea thank you for bringing it to market on behalf of all parents that need this thank you so much Thanks, Mike. All right, James Simons, he is from TechDen. It's techden.com. Check it out. And on that, we've got to wrap it up for this edition of Pop Tech Radio. Thanks all for listening in. This is part of our continuing coverage of CES 2019. We'll be back with more. Don't forget, we are a podcast at iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. So please tune in for some of those past episodes if you want it. But we'll be back with another episode from CES. Until then, have a great week. From Pop Tech Radio, Mike Etchart saying thanks. We'll talk to you soon. The big news from Subaru is the all-new three-row Ascent. It's the biggest SUV from Subaru ever. There's room for seven or eight passengers with a choice of second-row captain's chairs or bench seating. It'll tow up to 5,000 pounds. It has the interior space you need for your whole crew. And it gets you where you want to go with the safety of a Subaru, including standard symmetrical all-wheel drive. The all-new three-row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. Maximum towing capacity varies by trim level, and trailer brakes may be required. See your retailer for details.